Welcome to Adventures in Behaviour Change, the Little Challenges podcast, with me, Katie Elliott. It's a place to find ideas, inspiration and practical tools to help make the messy business of being human just a little bit easier. Join us. My guest today is award-winning beatboxer and live looper S.K. Shlomo. Having previously collaborated with Björk, Ed Sheeran and Damon Albarn, he's just completed his solo debut album, Surrender. He's also the host of We Are Listening, the mental health awareness livestream series. S.K. Shlomo, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I think you've been having a very busy time of it lately. I have been having a very busy time of it. Yeah, I've literally spent the last three days and nights just going through 736 emails that that were sat there. And um, it took me so long to just like actually look at them because it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And then now I've like got it down to about 50 and I'm like, oh, this is great. (laughs) But like having a bit of time is just so hard to do when this current whirlwind that I've created for myself. <laughs> so just just fill us in a bit. What have you been up to and why have you been so busy just lately? Well, my whole world has dramatically changed over the last couple of years, really. So I lived the first like 10, 11, 12 years of my adult life in an absolute whirlwind because um, I was I was doing a lot of beatboxing and live looping and I was living on tour a lot and I was winning lots of awards and I was like the world looping champion and I was breaking world records and I I just had this drive right that every time I achieved something it wasn't enough and I was going to go and do the next thing and show the world even more how amazing I was and it was exhausting and um, I never made any recordings like I never made an album or even a single um, which was kind of unusual because the other acts who were playing on these same kind of festival stages and stuff like that were definitely making lots of recordings and selling them and showing up in a tour bus. And, you know, I was kind of with my mate in a, in a Ford Focus or whatever. And like, it's because I focus solely on the live element of the music industry. And um, I kept on repeating this kind of mantra that um, I, I didn't need to make an album or I wouldn't because beatboxing is a live art form. You have to see it in the room to to understand how amazing it is like you have to you have to see it and whilst you might love the sounds that beatboxers make when they create an entire orchestra with their voice you wouldn't necessarily want to listen to a recording of that anyway it was almost two years ago now that I realized or owned up or admitted that that was an excuse rather than a mantra that was that was a mask for my fear of not being enough right and I kind of was able to acknowledge that I had these three main fears of not being enough as a singer, a songwriter or a producer. So I uh, had this kind of moment of strength and I cancelled everything. I had like a whole year planned out of of shows and stuff I was doing and I cancelled all of it um, because I wanted to make an album. And I thought it wouldn't take me long to make the album and then get back out on the road. But that process of pausing the whirlwind of my of my lifestyle was so hard. 
because I didn't have a hurricane of activity to distract me from my own Hmm. difficult emotions and sitting and trying to write music I wrote five tracks in five days and I was like I'm a genius and then (laughs) um, on the sixth day I just fell into this pit of despair and uh, I very quickly became suicidal like within a few days of that Um, and I was in a really bad place but it meant I had to do something. I had to take an absolutely monumental step, which was to admit that I wasn't okay. First of all, to myself and then to my loved ones. Mm. Um, and that, as, as you know, having been through it too, is the absolutely humongous first step you can take towards recovery. It's like the 90% step that you do in one go. Mm. And the rest of it is really hard, but knowing that it's never going to be as hard as that. And once you can admit to yourself, that you're not okay and that something's got to change you are so much more powerful absolutely but i don't know how it was for you Schler, but in my experience actually recognizing the nature of the not okayness that i was feeling mm. was the tricky one in that um i don't think i had words for it for a long time i don't know about mm. you so i i think for me there was a lot of paddling under the surface you know i was <laughs> i looked i looked like i was doing all right on the top you know but underneath i was paddling furiously to try and keep everything Afloat, yeah, but I don't think I had a great deal of insight into what was what was going on, or the fact that perhaps it wasn't healthy. Did you realise? Yeah. Do you think all along that there was something that needed to come to the surface, or was it a bit of a surprise to you too? I knew I wasn't right. Not that I would admit it to anyone else, or, or even think about it for very long. But I mean, I had a a much less terrifying but still significant breakdown quite a while ago like 10 10 years because I did a post about this on my social media last week that I've been now 10 years completely clean and sober which I'm really proud of Mm. and um, so I was able to recognize you know that I was struggling with addiction but I wasn't able to understand why and Mm. and what the causes were so then those addictions I conquered them look another amazing thing I've done but I hadn't dealt with like the fact that those addictions just transferred into something else so then for me, it just transferred into work or other like internet addictions, which are a very real thing or like, you know, problems with food or relationships or there's, there's so many things you can be addicted to without necessarily being taking hard drugs every day. So, but I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't able to fully understand what was going on. And, and this thing that happened to me nearly two years ago now was was a real changing point because I could admit that I wasn't okay. And then that meant I could, took a long time but I could get help and um, there's this amazing charity called BAPAM which is the British Association of Performing Arts Medicine so it's performing arts it's kind of they specialize in people in my world Mm. Um, and they got me they referred me to a specialist who understands about performers and entertainers and artists and then that therapist referred me to a trauma specialist Mm. and um, I found out a whole bunch of stuff that I'd been trying to bottle up about um a really significant trauma that happened to me when I was four years old and I'd had a near-death experience and understanding a little bit more about why I might be feeling this huge sense of responsibility like I had to be okay all the time was, was massive and you know, it took me about a year of recovery before I was ready to um, speak out about what had happened um, and I kept working on the album the whole way through it um, when I could when I was when I was able 
And then I made a decision that I was going to be open. And that's when my world has transformed because mm. it was back in June. So a few months ago, I did this kind of coming out video about depression. And um, a lot, you know, my friends and family, a lot of them didn't know. And my fans definitely didn't know because I was never that open with my fans. And uh, I launched a crowdfunding campaign where I said, look, we're going to raise money for a mental health charity. I'm going to make a record about recovery. I want you to be part of it. I want us to all talk about it. Um, I started a live stream series where I, mm-hmm. where I was getting other creative people to talk about their journeys. And they had like some really high profile people open up about what they've been through. And it went really well at first. And then it just stopped. This was over the summer and I was having some real doubts. And I was thinking, am I going to be able to do this? Like we've got to 15%. How am I going to get 85% more? Um, and just at that point when I was very vulnerable, um, I got some really abusive tweets from a troll who claimed to be a fan, but who said um, some really awful stuff about mental health and specifically suicide being um, evolution's way of weeding out inadequate men who weren't fit to reproduce. And I know that whoever that person is, they must be having a hard time. I know that I can just block and move on, but it it really hit Mm. me hard. (laughs) And this is why I need to tell you because the first person who happened to text me to see if I was okay. It was you. You texted me. Yeah, we had a little uh, chat, didn't we? <laughs> it, it just happened. Yeah. And um, that was really mon- monumentous because, you know, being able to talk to you about it was a big deal for me because I could just, you know, express what had happened and you could validate how I was feeling about it. But if something that painful and triggering had happened six months earlier, I wouldn't, like you wouldn't have known I was in pain and other people in my life mm. or even people, I, lots of people I don't know reach out to me every day at the moment, wouldn't have known I was in pain. Um, and the fact that I had that network saved me because I spun back out into into suicidal thoughts pretty quickly when that happened. But I decided to take power from it. And I'd have done this really in-depth interview with a journalist um, and I hadn't published it because I just didn't have the guts to share it. And um, And I just posted up this thing and it said, I've been attacked about my mental health. But, so here's my truth. Like, I'm just mm. going to give it all. And then that, honestly, that day was a huge turning point. Mm. And it went all around the world and the crowdfunding campaign zoomed up and we like hit 110% or something. And, and then, yeah, now, now it is. I've finished the album now. It's coming out in March and started releasing the music and I've started being asked to do all this stuff around mental health and like speak on panels. And I'm doing a TED talk, which is going to be called hey. Social Media Saved Me From Suicide. I just, I never set out to do it. I, never, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a mental health champion. I just wanted to tell my story and and I did all of it for selfish reasons. Like the live stream was for selfish reasons. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to have a safe space to talk about it. And like the album, I've done it for me. Like I wanted to tell my story mm. and yeah, it's great if it helps other people, but like it's for me guys. <laughs> <laughs>
making music you know you're an incredible musician you must understand that feeling where like there's certain moments where you're not doing it for anyone else you're not doing it to look good or to achieve anything it's just you're flying you're just free and like those moments are absolutely gold because it's like all of this stuff that you do with addiction is kind of trying to get that feeling but it in a really destructive way but when you achieve it because you've you've aligned everything in, in the right way and you can just fly. It's such mm. an incredibly powerful and empowering thing to do. So for example, like making this album, like I've tried so hard all the way through not to be thinking about that end goal. So when you're creating something, the worst thing you could be thinking is, Oh, are people going to like this? Or is this good enough to be a, a hit or this or that? Like if you're enjoying the process itself and you're taking pleasure from the learning and the growing and the, the building blocks of building your house rather than focusing on the great big finished house. You're focusing on that one brick you're laying. It's like mindfulness or whatever, how, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like that is my dream. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes it happens. And other times I can be sat there knowing that my motivations are less wholesome, but, but it's worth it. You kind of have to sit through those days when, when you do feel like it's forced and it's, never going to happen because if you don't sit there in that chair or you know on that stage whatever it is you're doing you won't get those moments where you fly you've got to be dedicated and put that commitment in to to get that payoff and that's hard it's really hard yeah and I something I've noticed this year because I've really gone out of my comfort zone a bit like you I've been doing some things that that have pushed me really quite hard <laughs> and yeah. um, what I've noticed once or twice is that things have been really uncomfortable in the process of preparing mm. to do something, to speak or to write something. And that I've had a couple of moments where I've just thought to myself, I know that this is something I have to do. And if it's this difficult, yeah. it will have been worthwhile. And I can't quite see how it will be worthwhile. And I, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a faith in it, really, a faith in the process. It's not a self-punishing kind of difficultness, if you like. It's just a going through, you know, the, the only way out is through kind of thing. It's that mm. enduring and persisting. And uh, you can almost feel yourself growing stronger as you do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's so great to hear. Like the stuff you're doing is amazing as well. Like you should need my external validation to feel good about it. But like, I feel good about it. It's great. Thank you. Flo. Thank you. <laughs> I would love to ask you, because I think that being a performer, being in the public eye in the way that you are, irrespective of all the talking about mental health which is a whole a whole other thing and requires yeah. a whole other bravery it's quite something to put yourself in front of people mm. and to be fielding their responses whether they're positive or negative it's an extraordinary thing to do i think to be yeah. a performer so i'd yeah. love to ask you specifically about some things that you use to keep you well physically or mentally have you got any things that other people might be able to apply in their own lives? Yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff I've found useful, which isn't going to be, it's probably not going to be anything mind-blowing, but like uh, I find yoga is really helpful, just kind of brings me back into my body and uh, just feels really good. Like if you don't feel good, like that's such a big thing with difficult emotions and difficult lives is that you don't feel good. 
within 10 minutes like, or even if you've only got five minutes you can do some stuff that just feels really good <laughs> the body just feels oh that's lovely and like and you deserve that you're a human being and you deserve to feel good and it's like i just find that so helpful so yeah yoga and um and all the kind of thinking that comes with it so like breathing and um being conscious with your actions and your feelings and thoughts I mean, it's hard to put in practice, so I'm not going to pretend I'm like some Zen master. Like I still will have really difficult days with it, but they have helped me. And when I've been able to get a bit of routine going with that, it's, it's definitely shown. Yeah, looking after your body, like eating, if you can find a way to like eat well and sleeping properly and like quitting uh, stimulants was a huge change in my health. Like uh, 10 years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol and doing any kind of recreational drugs i also quit caffeine because i noticed once i'd taken them out of the way caffeine was sending me crazy I'd be like, <laughs> yeah i'm quite a hyper person so like caffeine just sends me crazy which i'm sad because i love coffee but uh, i'm now a peppermint tea aficionado <laughs> and coping with what comes with that so if you don't drink coffee or you don't drink alcohol or you don't join in with certain activities can create a bunch of cultural difficulties and social difficulties where people feel like somehow you're judging them or coping with all that takes a lot of practice mm. um, and i found just being able to say i'm i'm 10 years sober forward and and it tells so much of a story that people don't feel criticized by it they, they know to just let it go and all those types of little things really help me If you could come up with a little challenge for our listeners here, what would your little challenge be? Uh, my little challenge would be to create a truth that doesn't have to be pretty, but it's a truth. It's something honest that you're going through or that is affecting you and share that with another human being. So um, I've got this thing on my social media called Truth Tuesdays, which is a little hashtag that I created and a lot of my supporters do it now. Where On a Tuesday, we just post up something that we're thinking about. It doesn't have to be something big and horrible, but just a bit of honesty. But if you're not using social media, then you can do it in real life or you could write a letter or you could, there's so many ways you can communicate because we're evolved to be in a tribe in a, in a village and our modern society doesn't really work in the same way of us looking out for each other. So we can create a virtual village by doing that using the internet or using analog means to share some truth. So that's what I would suggest to people if you are looking for a little challenge that can enhance your life that only takes a few minutes think of a truth and share that with with someone it doesn't have to be anything difficult beautiful thank you thank you Pleasure. so if people would like to find out more about you and your new album where should mm. they go sk or the same thing sk Shlomo on all facebook instagram twitter youtube all of those and some of my music's out already and then the album <laughs> comes out in march and i'm off on tour and i'm really happy to be back back in business <laughs> it's so good that you are thank, thank you, you so much for your time it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege oh, thanks for having me thanks for listening if you know someone who might enjoy today's episode please pass it on and if you'd like to hear more from adventures in behavior change subscribe on itunes last but not least if you'd like to help me grow the podcast, please leave an iTunes review. Each one makes a real difference. Until next time, bye for now. Adventures in Behaviour Change is brought to you by The Little Challenges Project. To 
find out more, visit littlechallenges.com.